In the lives of the fathers, we read that one day, St. Isidore, the hermit, went up to the roof of his hut, and with him was Abbot Moses, whom the devil of impurity had been tempting for some time. Look toward the west, said Isidore. And the abbot looked and saw a noisy host of devils as if preparing for battle. And then the hermit said, look east. And Abbot Moses looked and saw a multitude of holy angels, the heavenly hosts, more resplendent than the sun. Those whom you saw in the west, said the hermit, are the demons who attack the saints. Those whom you have seen in the east are the angels whom God sends to protect and strengthen the saints. And then he said, you see that we are not at the mercy of the demons. The numbers and the strength are on our side. The angels were far more in multitude than the demons. And after hearing this, the holy abbot Moses returned to his hut greatly comforted. And this reminds me of what Elisha said to his servant in the Old Testament. He said, do not be afraid, for there are more on our side than on their side. That's 2 Kings 6.15. Elisha was surrounded by the enemy at that time, and it looked like the end was near for him until the Lord opened his eyes and enabled him to see the thousands of angels that the Lord had sent to protect him. On November the 8th, in about a week and a half, we shall be commemorating the feast of the archangels, Michael and Gabriel, and of all the angels. And since for Orthodox Christians, angels are not merely fanciful decorations for the Christmas tree, but real heavenly beings created by God, we're going to see this week and two weeks from today who the angels are, what their function is, and what their function is in God's plan of salvation for us. The Soviet astronaut Valentina Tereskova said once, all the astronauts in the Soviet Union are communists and atheists. None of us has seen out in space any angels or archangels. And I rather think that our American colleagues have had the same experience. Interviewed about this statement, the American astronaut McDivitt, who's a Christian, said, quote, I don't see a difference between down here and up there. If you live down here on friendly terms with the angels and with God, then you will live the same way up there. But if you don't feel their presence on Earth, you will not feel their presence on the moon or on Mars. How do I know that there are angels when I cannot see them? For the same reason that there are waves out there that carry words and pictures through the air. You don't believe me? Turn on your radio and television set and pronto, presto, 
the words and the pictures that are in the air all around us will become real and you'll be able to see them. Now the scientists can explain all of this to me, but I honestly don't understand it at all, yet I believe it. Because I cannot see angels does not mean that they do not exist. Others have seen them. And God's word in the Bible and in the sacred tradition of the church through the centuries vouch for their existence. I believe in angels because Jesus believed in angels. When Judas led the soldiers into the garden to arrest him, Jesus said, do you think I cannot now pray, pray to my Father, and he will provide me with more than 20 legions of angels? They are his angels, and they will appear with him at the second coming. We read in Matthew, when the Son of Man comes in his glory with all his angels. What a glorious appearance that will be. They're his angels because he created them. At the very beginning, before man appeared on the scene, before this world was habitable, he created them out of nothing. And we read in St. Paul, Colossians, in him, Christ, all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, and angels, of course, are invisible, whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers or authorities, all things were created through him and for him. Now, since the angels were created before us, they were present with God at the very creation of the world, Job 38, verse 7. Now, the task of the angels is described beautifully in Hebrews. The angels are, quote, ministering spirits sent forth to serve for the sake of those who are to obtain salvation, Hebrews 1.14. And in the Bible, throughout the Bible, we see angels coming to the aid of Elijah, Isaiah, Ezekiel, Daniel, and countless others. It is an angel who announces to Zechariah the birth of John the baptizer and announces to the Virgin in Nazareth that she is to be the mother of the Son of God, the Savior of the world. And angels sing in the skies over Bethlehem to announce the birth of the Savior of the world. And after Jesus was tempted in the wilderness for 40 days, we read that, quote, the angels came and ministered to him, Matthew 4:11. And angels were present with Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane when, quote, an angel appeared to him from heaven, strengthening him. That's Luke 22, 4. Angels stand by the empty tomb, you remember, to announce to the myrrh-bearing women that he is risen, he is not here. Why do you seek the living among the dead? And angels appeared just before Jesus ascended at the ascension of Jesus on the Mount of Olives to announce that this same Jesus, who was now ascending visibly into heaven, will come back again with the same glory of his ascension one day to judge the living and the dead. There are over 300 
Bible texts in which the word angel or angels is used. Now, there is an interesting verse in John 1.51. I'll read it to you. Jesus said once about angels, quote, Truly, truly, I say to you, you will see heaven opened and the angels of God ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. How can the angels ascend and descend upon the Son of Man? Let's look at the Bible very briefly. Daniel prays in the Old Testament, and an angel appears to him with a message of comfort from God. Daniel's prayer ascends, the angel descends to comfort him and strengthen him. In the Gospels, we just mention two instances where angels appeared to Jesus, once at the end of his 40-day fast in the wilderness and the second time in the Garden of Gethsemane. On both occasions, it was while Jesus is praying that angels visit the Son of Man. So you see Jesus' prayers ascending and the angels descending to strengthen him. When Peter was in prison in the book of Acts, we read, quote, earnest prayer for him was made by, to God by the church, close quote. And that night, as you recall, an angel appeared to Peter in prison and let him out, delivered him. Here again we see the church's prayer ascending and the angel of God descending to deliver Peter from prison. Thus, through prayer, the angels of God do indeed continue to ascend and descend upon each one of us. And we're going to see this even more in two weeks when we talk about the guardian angels that God has assigned to us. I should like to conclude with this uh, example from back in 1980. Catherine Koob was an American citizen who was held hostage by the Iranians in 1980-81. She said of her 444 days of captivity, quote, I was alone, but not really. My guardian angel was there, and of course, the Lord was with me. I had a source of power and strength that went far beyond me. Again, as Catherine Koob's prayer ascended, an angel descended to strengthen her and bring to her a sense of God's presence and power. I should like to conclude with this beautiful poem it's called My Angels, and it's translated from the German. We're going to use it in the form of a prayer. May we bow our heads. At evening, when I go to rest, 14 angels I request, two to guard above my head, two to watch 
below my bed, two to be at my right side, at my left side, two more abide. Two to lull me into sleep, two to wake me from the deep, two to lead me on the way where angels always sing and pray. Amen.